tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren here, as always, with Mr. Brett Terpstra and also here with Brian Guffey. Hey, Christina. What's up, What's up everybody? Good morning. I, uh, I asked Brian how, how we should yes. introduce them, and, and they said, uh, an Atlassian admin by day, a nerd pretty much all the time, a person with a lot of ADHD and anxiety, and the volunteer CEO of the queer fraternity Delta Lambda Phi. That's, that's a, yeah. I love that. I, I feel like that probably is all we need to know about Brian. Yeah. I mean, you'll learn more. I think so. I think so. Um, so uh, queer fraternity, um, I'm assuming this is this is like not like an official part of like the is it is it an official uh, panelytic system or is it like um, like, like how, how, how does that work? The, the queer fraternity? No, absolutely. It is um, the it is an NIC fraternity. So we're part of the North American Interfraternity Council. So that's where a lot of the big ten fraternities are. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. 18, 18 chapters across the United States and Canada. We've been around since 1986. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. And that's right. Nick, Nick is the, the fraternity thing. I was thinking sorority, which is the Panhellenic yep. um, thing. Because there are like various, Brett didn't do Greek life, so he doesn't know. But like there are, because there's like a difference. Like co-ed fraternities aren't real fraternities. Like, you know what I mean? They are, I know but, they're, but they're not. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, oh, that's, so that's really cool. That's awesome. So you're the volunteer CEO. I had a sorority within my sorority, um, oh. Epsilon Zeta. So, so we were Epsilon Zeta, Eta Theta, which is easy ho, um, <laughs> which I still think is probably the most clever. Well, one of the most clever, like things I've ever come up with, especially since I'm, I'm fairly certain I was pretty drunk when I came up with that, but we were basically, I, I was Alpha Z Delta, but we um, had our sorority within our sorority, which was basically the girls who would like get drunk in the car, like during like meetings and like, you know, planning, like, like, you know, offsite retreat things, you know, getting ready for, for, um, you know, Russians and, and stuff. Like we were like, we cannot handle these bitches sober. So we would like go to the car to like get drunk. So that's, Absolutely. that was, yeah. I was definitely the other side of like I was the president for two and a half years of my chapter. And, oh yeah, no, I was. Yeah. I mean, I, I was financial vice president. Um, well, so that was so that was, honestly. <laughs> well, look, I was good with the numbers, and of course I, you I, I didn't even. <laughs> I didn't even want to join a sorority. They were just really nice to me, and they kept taking me clubbing. And I was like, "Damn it!" And then my mom got so excited. <laughs> Most my people mom got who joined so uh, Greek life had no. Uh, illusions of joining it in the first place they get surprised by it oh my my frat membership was a total accident but if if a if a if a co-ed frat isn't a real frat and assuming a queer frat uh is not just cis males is a queer frat a real frat so yeah because it's in the national it was north american (laughs) interfraternity conference right yeah one of the things that is there, I don't think there are any co-ed fraternities in NIC, but DLP is definitely the closest to it, specifically because, and this is actually because of us, honestly, um, we got NIC to redefine their sort of gender parameter, parameters. So they're still, they still consider us a men's fraternity, but every fraternity has the right to define what man means to them. And to us, it really means basically anybody Human. who 
Well, almost anybody, anybody, but not a cis woman, actually, which ah. is, we're not like worried about cis women running and knocking down our doors. Honestly, they have sure, to already. Sure, sure. Right, um, right. Totally. But we have a lot more of fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. That's a good question. Actually, no, you really know what? actually, you know what? I don't think that's true because the frats can have uh, can have alcohol at their events. So, sorry, oh, yeah, that's true. Very good point. Um, so, yeah. Um, we just uh, really had a lot of members who specifically this started with like a lot of trans men who wanted to join DLP. And then we got a lot of people who joined DLP who then transitioned to be trans women. And then we had, I mean, I myself am non-binary. I guess actually a gender recently, gender change, uh, pronouns they them. Um, but yeah, so we just were like, what we really want to do is expand this. So that's what we did. It's been pretty cool. That's uh, that's actually mental it, health is our number one concern too. <laughs> I believe. That. Wow, I think uh, mental health and the queer community are very tightly knit. Yep, I agree. I uh, we didn't have any frats at art school. Where'd you go to school? Yeah. Oh, art school. I, I went to Minneapolis College of Art and Design. MCAD. Gotcha, MCAD. Yep. MCAD. Nice. There was a lot of heroin and and zero Greek. Speaking of heroin. Actually, I've been watching for the first time Archer. Oh my God. It's so good. <laughs> it is. It is. I didn't think I was worried that it was going to be one of those satirical shows um, about assholes that just became like the show itself was like about assholes, but Me, it's family really guy. funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, Archer, Archer gets, gets, it's super good for like five seasons and then it goes off the rails and is actually even better they spend a couple seasons where all of the characters are different characters inside of like coma fantasy lands where nothing is the same and they somehow manage to pull off continuity through like entire seasons in coma land it's amazing it's so good i cannot wait we're in season four. No, we just started season five, I think. Yeah. The, See, now I'm now I'm sad. I'm remi- I'm reminded that Jessica Walter died, and oh, so now oh, I'm yeah. sad. Yeah. The the it, it kind of I had no idea until after an episode uh, in the last season. It said in loving memory of Jessica Walter, and I had to I had to go to Google because I hadn't I didn't know. Yeah, that's very sad. They they wrote her off beautifully in Archer. Oh, nice. Okay, because I haven't. I've, I've, I'll be honest. I'm like years behind. She she retires to a beach uh, with with the Cadillac Aww. salesman, and and the sun sets and and she's. I, I I did not know while it was happening that they were writing off a dead character, but they did it well. Um. So, uh, I'm told by the Discord, a that that I shouldn't watch uh, shows that glorify cops. It wasn't said specifically, but it was insinuated that I, that watching cop shows is bad, except for Brooklyn Nine Nine for whatever reason. Um, I'm, right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into my defense of Castle, but I'm told it really goes off the rails about six seasons in. So yeah, it does. Well, but this is why I don't think it's the glorification of cops. It's because Nathan Fillion's an asshole, oh. and uh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um, yeah. It, it, he's he's like one of like the three kind of like Joss Whedon people who's been like very like like he he's back Joss and Joss Whedon's a piece of shit um and it's also Allison Hannigan who sucks and her husband who's Wesley so all three of them like 
look, I can enjoy their work, but they all suck. Yeah. Um, but he and the actress who played like his like partner or whatever, he they they hated each other. Like they hated each other. And they couldn't be like um Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis, who were much more famous and like on a much bigger show and be adults and do it. And instead he basically like required that she get fired and be written off like for the like after like the what ended up being the final season and instead the show just didn't get renewed yeah that's so. too bad it's it's totally replaced chuck for me as like just the show yeah, it's like your comfort after show. a rough day especially like if i haven't slept well and i just don't have the uh fortitude to watch a thinker uh i i just i'm defaulting to to, to castle on i don't have anything else to replace it yet I no and wanted, i think it's fine sorry go I, on i just want to reiterate also my love for chuck yes, uh, yes i love that show so much and was so sad when it was over um i yeah just one of my favorite shows i was also thinking about the fact that like yeah there's so many people that work with joss whedon especially men that turned out to be trash like adam baldwin oh yeah another one yeah. like my goodness <laughs> I guess we shouldn't really be surprised that that happened in Joss Whedon's orbit. <laughs> no, we probably shouldn't. But but there were some people who like who who've said nice things, like um um uh what's his face Spike was very kind and spoke up, and so did um um uh David Boreanaz and some other you know people. So, but yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, David Boreanaz. Um, gotta say, a great show to watch. What is the show that he's in with? Um uh emily Deschanel sister uh yeah. yeah oh oh god what is that show um uh it was fuck radio gold i love it when we can't figure shit out i know no uh, i know no 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 bone uh, bone bones no you, i would yeah, recommend bones, bones brett Bre- i have never bones seen is a really good just fun show isn't that a cop show of, like, too? am i supposed to stop watching cop shows no it's you're not CFI no show. you're not yeah it's it's, it's it's fbi investigators look i'm sorry it's a, it's a it's a standard trope of television and if you're yeah. telling me i have to give up barney miller and homicide and the wire and like some good ass shit i'm not doing it like it doesn't mean i support the police but like yeah, that's procedurals the, that's the are thing good. is i am able to entirely support defunding the police and be opposed to police in general and uh be a prison abolitionist and still get into the character driven comedies and and dramedies around uh cop life it's a workplace show right i would love cop shows i would love cop shows even more if there were no cops sure honestly yeah it'd be like Uh, the perfect idea honestly and some of the best ones like have very little to do with i mean i think that's why brooklyn 99 probably gets a pass um is is that like you know so little of it has to do with the actual act of policing you know like they're in the station but it's 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 kind of like you know like all the shows in the 90s that like took place in like uh their magazine publishers or whatever and nobody ever wrote a damn thing or published a magazine you know it's it's just scenery yeah nobody's telling us to stop watching mad men right no and and if they did and if they did i'd be like fuck off yeah and i really do think (laughs) you Yeah, tell them to fuck off. I agree. And I like I really do think um it's important to think about the way that art influences us to see I mean, one of the things about those cop shows is they sort of allow us to draw the distinctions between what's shown on television versus what happens in real life. Mm-hmm. So without that example, uh there would be less opportunity for criticism. 
Right, right. And I mean, and I think in some cases, some of them, like you have, like, again, I, I've mentioned this before, um, but I Homicide, Life on the Street is one of the greatest television shows ever. And, and The Wire is too. And both of them are not like they're, I mean, The Wire especially is like an indictment of the entire drug system as much as it is anything else. It's certainly not celebratory of, you know, um, undercover um, officers, even though like you, you, sympathize with them it's certainly not glorifying I, I don't think any of the work and homicide is kind of the same thing where like you see kind of how tortured and fucked up the process is both when people get a, get away with stuff and also when they're able to convince people who maybe didn't do something to you know confess or, or they use dirty tactics like it's one of those things where at least for me like i feel like a like you said it does allow for more criticism and i think in some cases does a better job of actually portraying like how messed up these systems are Yes, great example of that is The Shield. Mm. Yes, I yes. love yes. that show with Michael Chiklis. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. FX, FX man. Let's, uh, Ooh, let's talk about Netflix. How about Netflix? <sighs> I managed we, to we not watch Netflix. Oh, we do have three sponsors to get to. Let's let's have a sponsor oh, yeah. before we start talking about horrible transgressions. Um, yes, so Christina, can you can you talk about ZocDoc? I can, I can, uh, because uh, I actually really love ZocDoc. Okay, so do you get excited by a five star driver rating? Yes. Let's be honest, ratings matter a lot, right? And when it comes to finding healthcare, ratings matter even more. And so ZocDoc is an app where you compare doctors by their ratings and you read reviews from real patients so that you can book highly rated local doctors. So you just download the free ZocDoc app. It's the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. And with ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance. Like this is key because this is one of the more difficult things to do. Your insurance company's website is usually outdated and a mess, ZocDoc will help you find someone who takes your insurance. You can read verified patient reviews and you can book an appointment in person or using video chat. And you never have to wait on hold with the receptionist ever again, which is one of my personal pet peeves. I, I cannot stand to like have to call and make an appointment someplace. So whether you need a primary care physician or a dentist or a dermatologist or a psychiatrist or an eye doctor or, or whatever, ZocDoc has you covered. So you can go to, do- to ZocDoc.com slash overtired and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. And every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. I'm one of them. Um, I've been using it for over a decade. It's definitely my go-to whenever I need to see a doctor. Again, like I said, like... If you move to a new place or even if you've been in a place for a long time, if you're if you have like a a new insurance or whatever, you're just trying to like find a a primary care doctor or you need a specialist for some reason. This is where I always turn because I can book it in the app. I um, can also read reviews and the reviews because they're verified patient things. It's helpful. It's it's like you, you get kind of a you can read trends in them and kind of figure out, okay, this person is brusque or this person's really good or whatever the case may be. You can book the appointment in the app. Um, it's great. ZocDocs makes healthcare easy. And now is the time to prioritize your health. So again, go to ZocDoc.com slash overtired and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top rated doctor. Uh, many are available as soon as today. That's ZocDoc.com slash overtired. Nice job. That was such a good read. 
it helps when it's literally been something that I've used for like 11 years. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you some money. We should make Brian <laughs> do you. one for, for what we're paying them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. But you know, that 200% of zero is amazing. It really is. I'll do 150. We'll negotiate Perfect. after the show. Um, so, <laughs> so there's this thing like, uh, I'm, I'm currently feeling, uh, I'm not going to stop watching Netflix, but I understand that the controversy is very frustrating to a lot of people. Um, uh, Brian, do you want to describe the controversy so we can talk about it either way? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So as many people know, Dave Chappelle released a new stand-up special and it was pretty successful. We know his last special, um, his first special back to Netflix was really big. And, uh, once again, Dave goes right in on trans people and he specifically talks about how he is team turf, um, and aligns himself directly with JK JK Rowling and others. There was a Twitter thread that was posted by an employee of Netflix. Her name is, uh, Tara field and Tara, uh, talks, has, I'd actually talked about this a couple of years ago when they released the Netflix released the last special of Chappelle's and the idea about impact versus offense, um, and basically called out Netflix to some degree for the idea that it has no effect on society when it should when it chooses to promote or give a platform to ideas like dave chappelle's now ted sarandos replied to this and because it became a really a big thing got big on twitter blew up and uh there was some controversy because ted sarandos the co-ceo of netflix originally sent an internal memo that was like yeah we know but also you know we promote a lot of queer stuff too and also Dave Chappelle's last uh, special made us lots of money. And so people didn't like that. It was kind of tone deaf. Then he went on TV and kind of did mm-hmm. the same thing. And then there was a walkout uh, on Wednesday from trans employees at Netflix. So that's sort of where we are right now. I mean, Christine, I don't know if there's anything you want to fill. And I'm sure you've been paying attention to this, too. Yeah, no, I've definitely been paying attention. Um, uh, so, so Tara and three other employees, I think the one thing, the reason for the walkout was that after um, the thread went viral, there was a meeting that was held that was just for like director level employees or, or higher. Um, it, it was their, their, I guess, like quarterly, like um, a QBR, their, their uh, quarterly business review um, meeting. And uh, Tara and these three other employees or these two other employees joined um, the meeting. They were, they were given a link um uh they took that as being you know i've been invited to this yep um they were then suspended temporarily they were very quickly reinstated um uh and um uh or sorry i, th- I think i think her pronouns are she sorry um uh, she was quickly like taken off of suspension but they were they were temporarily she, uh, the, the all the employees were temporarily you know um suspended for an investigation for basically like violating like for for joining the meeting they weren't supposed to have access to even though they didn't disrupt the meeting even though they didn't like have any you know they didn't say anything they were on mute the whole time and even though netflix is a really transparent company 
and releases, you know, all the findings of this stuff after the fact. And so that was what kind of led to people were thinking, well, was the suspension because of the Twitter threat or was it, you know, right. other things? Uh, and and so that was kind of what led to uh, the the walkout. So that's I, I think that's maybe the only other thing. Yeah. And then add. something I think that also happened there was that then also Netflix fired the person who organized the walkout. Now, we're not saying that they fired them because of the walkout, but uh, Netflix says that they suspected that that organizer who was a black trans woman, uh, a black trans person leaked metrics about the special to the, to right. the press. So there's yeah, a lot of pieces I, going on there. there. There's a lot of pieces going on there. The one thing I will say about the leaking, the, the data stuff, I have a feeling that if Netflix is going to do that, because if, if it was for any way organizing, that would be a straight NLRB violation. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know what happened. I'm not a lawyer. I wasn't there. I will say that that seems pretty cut and dry. I also think that's pretty cut and dry that they would be able, Netflix would be able to tell if someone leaked something or not. A lot of times people who leak things are not very smart about how they do it, even if they work at big tech companies, they're just not. Um, and so I, I don't know what the situation with that was. Yeah. I will say if you're giving like, cause there was specific information that was in a Bloomberg article that was like confidential. If, if you're, and I don't know if the person did this or not, but if you are leaking information, whether you're organizing or not, like personally, I feel like that's a, a pretty fair thing to be fired for. Well, also maybe take some tips from the people at Apple because it seems like Tim Cook can't figure out who they are. So Yeah, although <laughs> although I don't think they've been as, I mean, I know who they are. So it, ah, Tim yeah. Cook, I'm sure does. So <laughs> I, I don't, yeah. I'm not even getting into that, but yeah, I, I don't sure. want to touch that. But yeah, yeah. So what is the, what's the resolution here? Um, like I, they're not going to pull the special. No, they've I, already I, I'm handled young. it poorly. So the current controversy, what, what is the resolution? Well, I think it's important to note that the, that Tara also released a post on medium called it was never, it was about, never about Dave. Dave. Sorry. Yeah, I was exactly. just reading it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, for anybody, it's a great piece to read to sort of, mm -hmm think about the concepts behind this and what folks are really asking for. And I mean, the, also the folks who organized the walkout did release demands. Um, and those demands are generally pretty like standard. They include like yeah. having more folks at the top of Netflix who are trans and queer director level and above, um, from like letting like putting warnings in front of specials that promote transphobia so that people are aware that it's in there and then promoting queer stuff alongside those, uh, those, those pieces so that people do see the alt, the alternative, um, uh, opinions. Is that, I mean, I, I like that. That's great. Is if, if like, if we accept the, the premise that having the special there does harm, does having uh, opposing content cancel out that harm? No. No. I, I, no, I don't think so. But I think it's also, I don't know, I'm, I'm in a conflicted state because I, I certainly don't agree with, with Dave's comments in the, in the special. I also pretty strongly feel like it's a really fine line if you start getting employees who are not involved in editorial decisions or content decisions making demands about what type of content can or can't be on Netflix, because in my opinion, and, and as we've seen in past history, that can go the other direction real quick. Yep. Um, so I'm not in favor of removing the special at all. 
feel like they approved it. It fit their content guidelines. I was, and I was very, I got a lot of blowback when I said this. I was very angry when Netflix removed a scene from um, 13 Reasons Why that um, uh, was a very graphic depiction of suicide. Very graphic. And I'm not saying that it wasn't, but it was, it was very graphic. But that whole show, the whole premise of that show is about teen suicide. And a lot of people were very angry about that and said there were studies that were then debunked that said, oh, it, it's, you know, increased, you know, um, uh, suicide ideation and whatnot. And they wound up like two years after the first season removing a scene at the, 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 the season finale of the first season. I was pretty I was opposed to that because, in my opinion, you made a content decision. You need to stand behind it. I don't like the retroactively going back and removing it because a study came out that that made you look bad and, and you're trying to appeal to, to someone. Um, and, and again, also, I, I think that when you make those sorts of decisions, it makes it very easy uh, to then uh, hit more marginalized groups, frankly. And I think that historically, they will hit the more marginalized groups way more disproportionately if you start to make those sorts of content decisions. So I'm not in favor of removing a special. They made, they made the decision to, to do it. And, and I feel like that's just kind of one of those things like you, you need to own your shit. But I do feel like there does need to be a much broader understanding and a discussion and maybe some honesty from the company about why they're making the content decisions they're making. Yes. And if you're making them because it's strictly about money and about viewers and audience, and this is who you're going after, then I think you need to be direct and say that and not also try to have the platitudes of we care so much about diversity and inclusion because you don't. Yep. And that's okay if you don't. Like I, it's me personally, I'm completely okay if as a company or a network or whatever you want to say, I'm not down with that. What I'm not okay with is when you pretend to care about it and then make decisions with your content about money that go against that. Yeah, I agree. In fact, one of the big things that Tara pointed out is that she was co-VP uh, of the trans ERG inside Netflix. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, and we know this, companies like Amazon, like Microsoft, like Netflix have... Even my company, yes. we recently started employee resource groups. Like they have these big resource groups that are literally like they're funded and supported by the business and they give people a voice and they give them an opportunity to a degree. But then you have these situations like you have here where we're at a level where people are not in the room, where the people making the editorial decisions don't look like me or Christina. Honestly, they look a lot like Brett and mm -hmm. there's a lot of, and so things simply aren't considered. It is, once again, like you said, Christina, it's about what, why do you make the decision in the first place and who are you going to be, uh, like, what does that mean about who you are because of that? Because if you're just going to chase profits, you can't, you cannot, uh, like pretend to have morals on top of that. Um, th the only company that I know that's ever been really good at that, um, they don't chase profits and that company as, or as much is Ben and Jerry's and even they've not been mm -hmm. perfect, you know? Right. And so um, there are there's tension if you're going to choose not to give up uh, money uh, for morals. And that is a choice that you can make. This has been fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I spaced out a little bit. I got, I, got, no I got a little bit of the ADHD. I heard, I heard you say that a bunch of people looked like me, by which I assume you meant devilishly handsome. Yes. Um, yeah, truly. Devilishly absolutely. handsome cis white males. Yes. Yeah. No. I actually get it. probably one hundred and ten percent is that is correct. <laughs> they are probably devilishly handsome. I don't actually. Well, Ted Sarandos actually looks a lot like Ted Cruz, which is really funny. 
Um, I recently <laughs> That's saw so Pedro. mean. That's so like, mean. Now what comes to mind true. when someone says devilishly handsome? That's why I was like, mm, maybe not always true, but yeah. Um, and it's wild that this is happening at the same time that Netflix is having this huge breakout hit with Squid Game. Yeah. You guys seen you know, Squid And there's Game? all of the... Co- I've not yet. Me it's either. on my list to watch. Same. I yeah. haven't either. So none of us have watched it. I, yeah. there, there have been too many other things to watch, but I will watch it, I'm sure. Yeah, also, my boyfriend um, knows Japanese, and so or is learning Japanese, and so he struggles a lot to watch things in Korean because he's still, like, learning Japanese, so he won't be able to focus because he's trying to, like figure out what they're saying because it's kind of close but not exactly is korean similar to japanese i didn't know that apparently i don't know huh interesting interesting um yeah we'll have to do a reunion episode once we've all seen squid game oh i'm down for that i hear it i mean i hear it's absolutely wild yeah uh when uh ashley esquedo was subbing for christina last time she she was into squid game and and just wanted in the pre-show anyway she was super uh adamant that i i watch it so i'm gonna have to eventually nathan's a lot like you he doesn't like to watch more than one maybe two new things a night and then just likes to watch things that he doesn't really have to think about too much yeah i on the other hand only want to consume not new content all of the time i i developed this really bad habit with castle uh like i play on my phone while i watch tv i think I think probably 70% of adults do this. Um, but I tend to get distracted by an email right at the beginning of a castle episode, just long enough to miss the entire exposition. And then I spend the rest of the episode trying to figure out what the murder is that they're solving, which kind of makes it more challenging and fun. But I think it's, 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 it's detrimental to the idea of a comfort show to really make yourself work like that. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. You could rewind it, Brett. Uh, yeah, but that's, I, that's a whole thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm doing like, like CSI is becoming my comfort show right now. Yep. And it's kind of the same thing. I'm kind of like, I just want it on in the background. I just, I don't need, I don't want to have to like pay too close attention to anything. Yeah, I don't, the, the idea of rewinding a show that I'm just watching to kind of, relaxed to it feels it feels like even more work uh i don't know why but my brain really rebels again like i set out i I have an hour i'm gonna watch an hour-long show to like add 15 minutes so that feels like a a real real uh slog i don't know that that's a fair point i um yeah i don't really have comfort shows because i don't watch tv unless i'm really like watching it to watch something new oh, you're one you part of that 30 percent of adults yeah i am i also still play on my phone and mostly miss parts of it but my yeah I, I do that too and then i do this thing now and this is so bad where i'll like well picture and picture works on more apps now especially now it works on youtube which is great but a lot of times i'll like be playing an app like on my phone or my ipad or whatever while i'm watching a show on something else so yes. sometimes I have my iPad next to me and I'm playing on my phone. And like, that's just, that's just the dumbest thing. But it's also very ADHD. Oh no. It's like peak ADHD. 100%. And, yeah. I can't, it's really funny. I can't do anything around the house without listening to podcasts. Like you got to go make breakfast, put on a podcast, going to take a shower, put on a podcast. You need to do any sort of work around the house. It's podcast time. It's literally the thing that like gets me to clean the house. 
because otherwise it just feels like the worst, most impossible task in the entire world. But if I have my friends in my ear, then we're fine. Um, I I'm logging into YouTube right now. Cause I found this new YouTuber that I have to tell you about. Um, and I thought I subscribed, but she's not in my subscriptions. Um, is it Jenny Nicholson? Yes. Oh, she's awesome. She's I love her. Yes. Her, her, she, she is super funny, but if you're not paying attention, you would never know it because literally every like biting remark she makes, she, she does it deadpan and it's like a throwaway line and she just immediately moves on. Uh, she, her, her, her thing on her thing on a uh, dear Evan Hansen was so good. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Um, she, she just like, she has like a two hour video on the vampire diaries that yes and it was so good like, I, don't, I don't have time for that but I, I i watch her like uh 10 to 30 minute videos and i i find her hilarious i see the evan hansen one and the vampire diaries one i don't know what it is but watching long youtube videos seems nearly impossible for me like it's just yeah. very overwhelming yeah um, no it is but yeah but but no she's good she did um uh actually the first one of hers i ever saw was she did like a uh it's called uh the last brony con a fandom autopsy and um it was uh I've, I've never really followed any of the the my little pony you know brony stuff i don't care about any of that but i'm i'm extremely online so i'm of course aware of it and apparently she was like brony famous because when she was in high school or college or something like she made some animated fan series and done a lot of the voices and written original songs and stuff for it. So she'd actually been to some of the conventions and stuff like mm-hmm. as, you know, one of those people. So her perspective was really interesting. And um, even though it was like an even though like you like it's an hour and 11 minutes long, I'm like, oh, what? how the hell am I going to watch this? Um, it was like remarkably riveting. So, yeah, I'm a big fan. I have a friend, oh, I have a fraternity brother. We aren't exactly friends, but he is a PhD in sociology who has literally, literally studied bronies. Amazing. I know. It's absolutely wild. What are bronies? Uh, uh, male fans of My Little Pony. Oh. And specifically like bros. Who really yeah, like bros. It started bronies. on, it yeah. started on like 4chan and then they kind of like took over the fandom. And that's actually part of her interesting like commentary on it because she'd been a fan of like the original series and the stuff like I guess the 90s like as a little girl like she was like really into this you know as like a little girl and so she was excited about the reboot and then she would go into like these spaces which was all about ponies and then suddenly became very male dominated and was in some ways like people would act like if they didn't know who she was they would like almost try to be like you're not a real fan I do. you know and she's like she's like who the fuck are you like this is my you know, little pony. Uh, this is my little pony. I've been here since I was six. And also, she also had the bona fides that they didn't know where, like, she'd, you know, done the, the, this fan, like, very, very, like, awesome, like, animated, like, like, they did a lot of work to make their own, um, like, a, you know, um, computer animated stuff with original music and, and shit. Like, so she was actually legit part of the fandom, uh, but she'd have, like, these, these dudes, these bros, these whatever these you know 4chan like people who like it started out as irony and then they really liked it who would be like no you're 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 not hardcore enough you're not you're not real you know like gatekeeping her speaking of videos because we're talking about youtube see speaking of videos simply safe just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera that's right simply safe the system that u.s news and world report named best home security of 2021 just got even better This brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all of the advanced tech and security features you want and need 
to help keep you and your family safe. It has an ultra-wide 140-degree field of view, so you can keep watch over your entire yard. It has 1080p HD resolution with an 8x zoom. That means you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates to capture critical evidence. It has built-in spotlight with color night vision, so you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. It's super simple to set up and usually just takes minutes. And it has easy to remove rechargeable batteries so it doesn't need an outlet and it could go anywhere on your property. This camera has it all and it integrates with your Simply Safe home security system, extending its protection to the outside. Together, it means every door, window, and room are protected, and now your property will be too. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com/overtired. That's simply with an I. What's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service for free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Again, that's Simply Safe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash overtired. Go check it out. Get your get your video updated. You can see everyone's faces and license plates. What more do you people want? Love it. Give me your license plate. Um, Brian, do you want to do the next read when we get there? Absolutely. I love text expanders. <laughs> awesome. <All right. laughs> um, before we move on from YouTube, I wanted to just shout out uh one thing that's happening. I don't know, I'm sure Christina, you remember Sailor J. Yes. Um Yes, she made all of the contouring videos, um, and then all of her stuff was ripped off from YouTube, mm -hmm. and just people literally put it all over TikTok. When TikTok was getting big, she's back. She now has Ooh. a Patreon, and she's putting her content behind Patreon so that people can't as easily steal it. So right, I they saw still the will, but that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, she also was on, uh, what was that show that came back? Um, ah, man, another great uh content stuff but she was on that show takara smith um nosferatu okay yeah she was in nosferatu and then she yeah she just started making a, a video content again and so that's really exciting i hit that uh be a patron button very quickly because her awesome. content was some of the best stuff i'd ever watched on youtube speaking yeah of no her content was great oh um I drop those bit. I have a segue. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt no, anyone. Please, please. No, okay. no, no, no. I was just saying that's great. Please, Every time you say away. I have a segue, I think of somebody writing a segue. <laughs> like all the time. We had yeah. a director at college, like the head of our student life had a segue and she would write it around the like student union all of the time. Was. I met Waz <laughs> on a segue. Um, yes. um um speaking of content, I heard you have a new podcast coming up, Brian. I do have a new podcast coming out. Um, it's really exciting. Uh, it's called Unsolicited Fatties Talk Back. And it is a an exploration of, uh, really, we start with advice columns and we review like old advice columns that uh, give advice to people about how to deal with issues around anti-fatness. But from a fat liberation lens, this all popped off from an original Dear Prudence column where somebody was like, my friends, my friends are really into body positivity and they don't seem to like that I'm going to the gym all of the time and talking about my weight loss. And so, um, and like, of course, the comments on the Dear Prudence column were like, not great. So we took that and reinterpreted it in our first 
podcast, which drops on Halloween. I'm really excited to have some really great people straight from like people who study this. Like, and um, my friend also Deshaun Harrison, who just released a book, The Belly of the Beast, which is about anti-blackness as, or anti-fatness as anti-blackness. So I'm really excited about that. I had a, I had a guest on Systematic before its long hiatus, uh, who was a professor uh, and a crusader for uh, fat rights, I guess. Uh, fat, I can't remember what the name of the movement was, but... Um, fat Liberation? Fat Liberation, yes. Yeah. Um, so so I, got, uh, I got a bit of a, an introduction to... Uh, we talked a lot about uh, what's wrong, especially in America's medical system. Uh, and it's the way it treats fat people. Uh, I find it very interesting. I'm not, I'm, I'm technically obese. I'm not, uh, I'm not abnormal. I don't think, I don't feel terribly discriminated against for my own weight. Uh, but I see it's opened my eyes to, to the way a lot of other people are treated. Yeah. I mean, we could actually start with the fact that most fat people, uh, don't like the word obese, the term obese is considered a slur. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean, it is a medical term, but there's this idea that medical terms right. can't be slurs, <laughs> but like we can talk about the fact that idiot used to be a medical term and that is definitely a slur. And so the, really the definition of a slur, I think is, does it, is like, is it used to effectively oppress people or group a set a, make a group of people that it's okay to look down on to some degree. And I think that's what happens with the word obese. You you could have that same conversation and just talk about people being fat. But for some reason, we like created this other term. And there's a, the other great podcast I recommend people listen to is Maintenance Phase. Um, that's a phenomenal podcast with, uh, uh, I always forget his name, but the guy who's on You're Wrong About, uh, the host there. Yeah. Which they're retiring, yeah. but anyway, go on. Yeah, he is retiring from there, but yeah, um, it, you know, I've been fat for a lot of my life. I'm six five. I'm about four hundred pounds. Um, I carry it well, but like I'm not a small person. Uh, and also like my mother had a lot of issues with her weight, so she like started putting me in Weight Watchers at like the age of like fourteen okay. and stuff. So yeah, a lot of issues around weight, but. Uh, it was really interesting to me from the fat liberation movement, which is really just like, can you let fat people be treated like everybody else? Because I think a lot of people don't understand the way that fat people, if we go to doctors, um, mm -hmm. and things, we literally are like, we'll get just told to lose weight instead of yeah, every, everything, is, everything is, yeah. A, is a, is a result of your weight and you get no other everything. medical insight. Right. Yeah. The number of people I, I was just reading recently about somebody who like literally had a tumor like for three years in her body, but the doctors just kept telling her to lose weight and they wouldn't do scans and things like that. I was literally recently at the doctor and this is a doctor who I it was, you know, I was thinking of ZocDoc actually. This is a doctor who's like through one of those concierge medicine services. They're supposed to be really nice and good. And we've had the conversation about how I'm like, I'm not in here for weight loss. I want to be healthy. I want to make sure my, all, like all of my, you know, metabolics or my blood work is good. And he goes, well, you know, if you're interested in losing weight, there is this pill you can get. And I'm like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. You know, even like, even that after we just were like, he was like, wow, your blood pressure is amazing. Wait, like here he is offering me a weight loss pill. What was the pill? 
I don't even know. I didn't even get him to tell me what the name was because I didn't want to hear it. Or I may have blocked it out. I don't know. I wonder if it was just speed. I mean, honestly, you learn. I mean, a lot of that stuff is just speed in so many ways. Yeah, a lot of it is. A lot of it is. Although there are things, um, uh, you know, too, where like you have to be careful because if you are over, like if, if your BMI, and BMI isn't a perfect metric, but if it's over a certain thing, in some cases, like they don't actually, like you shouldn't be prescribing people those sorts of pills, right? Like that can actually be really bad. So, yeah. but, 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 um, but, but I know what you're talking about, like, uh, cause my, my husband deals with that a lot where he'll go to doctors and like the very first thing that they want to focus on is the weight. And, and oftentimes, you know, and I think this is why, um, he and I, well, we have different experiences and I guess different perceptions of doctors for lots of reasons. Our, our childhoods were really different. Um, I have a helicopter parent and his mom was more like, free range um for one but also just because i am a thin person and with the exception of like a, a like a 18 month period of my life i've always been at the opposite end of the spectrum wherein i was often talked to about weight but it was insinuated that i had an eating disorder when i didn't yep. um uh, which is also very harmful um uh, the the societal differences are obviously different but it it's not good either way like i definitely can say that like my medical concerns have been taken more seriously um, just because of, of that, which is completely unfair. Well, yeah, and that's part of anti-fat. I mean, like, all of that is a part of anti-fatness, right? Like, it's this idea that the best thing to be, um, to some degree, is as thin as you can be, and then until you're too thin. And, right, But right. then it's just about weight. Like, we're not asking how are you, that, like, how is your heart rate or anything like that. It's just like, what do you look like? And it's, yeah, it's pretty terrible. Can we, have, can, can we do a mental health corner? Yes. Oh my God. I, this is all reminding me. I had a, I had a psych appointment this week. Um, well, I've had more frequent manic episodes. Uh, listeners will be aware. Um, so I mentioned this to my doctor and, and she immediately, uh, she lowered my focal in dosage, which that's cool. If it, if, if it keeps me from getting manic, that's, that's cool. I'll take less focal in. Um, she raised my, the, the Saffris that I'm on that like is my mood stabilizer, um, up to that. And now I'm waiting to see what the effects are. I have to check back in in two weeks. And she also ordered this whole panel of screenings and testings that I have to go do. I have to get EKGs and, and neuro appointments and that's super stressful to me. I like freaked out after that appointment. Just the fact that next visit, I have to go in, in person. I've been doing video telehealth and I have to go in, mm -hmm. in person so they can check my blood pressure. And I'm so scared to have people check my blood pressure that as soon as I see the blood pressure cuff, my blood pressure shoots up. It never goes well. So that's my mental health corner. It's, uh, I'm a little nervous. I, I can understand that. Um, a, a question for, for both of you. Um, have either of you received um, the booster yet? No. Is it available yes. to me? I don't know that it's available to me yet. Oh yeah, no, it's available to everybody. Like they they claim that like you need to be over sixty five or have an extenuating condition, but every medical professional that I've talked to says that it's just like before. The name of the game is getting um, uh, shots at arms. So if you Moderna just got approved, so if you have Moderna, if you have Moderna, you can now get that. Um, Pfizer has been approved for a while, 
and they just approved um, that if you needed to mix and match, you oh. could. So if you had like Moderna, you could get Pfizer. They're not recommending that necessarily, but they're saying like if that's what happened or if like if you had Johnson Johnson, you could get a booster of one of the other ones. So they just approved that. Um, I haven't hit six months yet. I think, it, well, actually, no, I just hit six months, um, but I'm going to try to to get it like next week, I think, before I go to Atlanta for Halloween. Today's my two-week anniversary from being boosted. Awesome. Yeah. Congrats. But I, it was actually my worst experience of all of my vaccinations ever because I had to go into a grocery store here in California and like wait for an hour before I could get mm-hmm. uh, the shot. And the thing about me is I literally have not been anywhere. That was my first time in a grocery store in over eight. Over two years almost. Or have you been getting um, wow. since the pandemic started? Oh, just getting them picked up or delivered. We did delivery for a while. Um, and we had to use like this this specific company because uh my boyfriend was like, We are not using Instacart or any of those in California because they fought to remove the gig workers from protections in California for employees. Right. Um, so there's this one company that actually allows you basically allows people to set up their own like little businesses doing it. And they get all of they get the whole cut of everything. So we used that for a while, but it was pretty expensive. Um, but then our Albertsons nearby started doing you could just drive up and then put it in your car. So that's what we do now. I'll probably let him go back into a grocery store here probably like in about a couple of months. I really haven't been outside almost at all. I'll be seeing my parents in two weeks and that'll be the first time that I will have spent extended time with anyone since I moved to California last October. Oh my God. Yeah. I have gotten so used to curbside pickup that even though some restaurants are open now, I still just order curbside pickup. Huh. Um, I tried to order sushi last night. I did eventually order sushi last night, but it, uh, to check out of the online ordering, you have to confirm your, uh, phone number and you, 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 you can't store your user. You have to confirm it every time you order. And it was sending the confirmation, uh, number, the, co- the, the two FA code, uh, about 30 seconds after the timer would run out. And I spent half an hour trying to get it to time correctly so that I could enter the code and verify my phone number. (sighs) It was, I don't know what's wrong with their system or if it's my phone. I don't know, but it's not the first time this has happened. This is just old people problems. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. Oh, no, 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 no. It's good. It's good. (laughs) No, I am. No, that's really, um, um, uh, so I've, I've gone out more, although I still like not a lot, but, um. Yeah, I need to get I need to get my booster. Um and I move I get everything delivered. Yeah, like, I want to be clear. Like I haven't gone out because I have extreme illness anxiety. Like it's one totally of my big that. mental health things. Um y- like over this past year is when I started taking lots of like anxiety meds. I had never taken them before even though I'd been diagnosed with anxiety previously. Um so like that's been a big thing for me from the mental health perspective like Almost every day for a long time, it was like, is this weird tickle in my throat, COVID? Even like now, right. even now we get like, we got Taco Bell yesterday. I love Taco Bell. <laughs> and they have these new, like, you they have these new tacos that like are just really creamy. And so like, you don't even need sauce on them. And they taste amazing. It's disgusting. Um, You're all disgusting. It's amazing. <laughs> and sometimes I, I will Taco like, Bell breakfast now. do it. I will think about, um, 
I will worry that I will somehow be able to get COVID from the packaging, even though I know like it's literally never been like, there's been no cases that way ever. But like my brain is like, well, maybe it could be you that is the person that it happens to. So yeah, it's been a mess. And then I'm also from a mental health perspective, we're playing with my ADHD meds again after like years and years and years. I've been on Stratera for like forever. Um, but I love my job now, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, but I was having more trouble focusing. And so now we've started to swap in some Adderall and drop down the amount of Stratera. So, you know, like every three weeks meeting with the psychiatrist, doing all of that, playing the fun game of getting your meds the last day that's possible because they won't give it to you any earlier because it's a schedule one drug, all mm -hmm. of that fun stuff. But it seems to be working. Like I'm having a better amount of focus at work i struggle because i'll run into the situation where like i'm going 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 until about one in the afternoon and then my brain is like uh work is why would you work and then it's like one to four before i can before i like feel like doing work again and then sometimes i make it back to my desk yeah so my whole thing is so um my anxiety and stuff has been worse because of COVID, but I found that because I've like been inside more, that's made it worse. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm such a social person and I really do thrive on like being around people that like, I'm having to now force myself, like whether I want to or not to just like get out more because Plus it's 100. really bad for me to be like confined. Like it's, it's been really, really bad for my mental health, like really bad. Yeah. I didn't realize that until I moved here. Like I was at home for most of the first year by myself okay. and really moved to California, like to live with my boyfriend initially, like as a test run. And we're just going to do it over the holidays because I didn't want to be in Ohio between the election and the inauguration as a black person. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm in the desert of California in Kern County, which is, uh, Kevin McCarthy's County. So it's like not that much better. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I got here and it was like a giant weight was off my shoulders. I didn't realize how lonely I'd been like at all. They're like, and my, my boyfriend sometimes gets annoyed because he's very much like a loner. He's comfortable being alone. And I'll just like knock on his door being like, I just wanted to say hi. Can I sit in <laughs> here? I just want to sit in here while you play video games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should talk about Which we, now, we should talk about yeah. Jiro while we have an Atlassian guy here. Is Jira slow or is Oracle's Jira slow? Oracle's Jira is slow. It's so slow. And and I can say this because we just did an upgrade on our Jira and it's so much faster. So we when we were having like crashes every day. I, it was, it was such a mess and our company was like behind in terms of where things were as we weren't on a current version, but now that we're on the latest for the almost latest version of Jira, everything is so much faster. I got, I got to so, talk to yeah. whoever the powers that would determine this are. I think it's a combination of the VPN and uh, just horrible install. Everything on the VPN is horribly slow. Yeah, that's been like a constant for you. Is that I don't know, if, like if you're far away from like a, a node or like what, or if it's like however their config is, but that's been like a frequent complaint that you've had. Is that everything on the VPN is slow? Well, and so I'm working with Victor. Uh, I'm sidetracked already, but I'm working with Victor, and he keeps. He's logged onto the VPN and while he's logged on with like any connect instead of through our, our clever little Docker solution, he can't pull from GitHub. Like command line Git doesn't work when he's on VPN. Huh. 
it's very frustrating. And 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 he's on a Mac. Yeah. Weird, because yeah, I, I could understand if it was like a Windows thing because Windows Git is weird, but that is uh, huh. So the only thing that has made Jira at all bearable for me is we have moved. All of our like content production uh, issues into a Kanban board, and wow. and yeah. now I can just I love click that. A, I can like it, on, on one page without having to like go between issue pages. I can just click an issue, uh, edit, change status uh, attributes, and then drag it from column to column, and it's so much nicer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we said, as we were talking offline, like Jira is the worst of all of, like, is terrible except for every other, like, one of these solutions out there. You know, it, yeah. the yeah. things like, like, Atlassian is doing this thing where they're, they're ending their server licensing and making you move to either da- their data center product, which is basically server, but allows you, like, it's the only supported way to do, like, uh, high availability. And it's like three times as expensive or they're trying to force you to cloud because that's what they really want you to do is move on to their cloud service so they can have everything as, you know, operating revenue and they're getting billed. They're billing you every month. Um, And it's again, so I think at minimum cloud is twice as expensive as server. So it's like a huge jump and everything, everything in Jira, everything is a plugin. Everything is an add on. And it's also written in Java and I don't like, I don't really program. I'm trying to learn and Brett, we're going to have a conversation and Christina about like, sh- what is the language I should learn? Um, JavaScript. We just did that but, last yeah. week, didn't we? We did. Yeah. JavaScript. You, we'll say it again. JavaScript. <laughs> um, but yeah, like trying to read Java stack traces is like the worst thing in the entire world. <laughs> it's so bad, especially when you don't know what you're trying to do. Oh my God. It was, it's the worst. Can, can I just, uh, we talked last week about iTerm and yes, one of the things iTerm can do is you can put a regex in and it will watch all command line output for that regex and you can have it do different things when it spots it. So you can put in a pattern that will match like, say, uh, if you like, I've been working on uh, Ruby apps lately and if a, if a Ruby app throws an exception, it'll list the file uh where and and the line number like colon line number so i have iterm just watch for lines that match that it pops them up in a little capture window on the side and i can just click them to open that file to that line number it's so cool wow that's yeah that's nerdy as hell i like it. you just have an iterm podcast i mean i I would be down for a terminal podcast honestly like i I talk about like the various clients like iterm obviously is like the you know uh, goat, but but a uh, Windows terminal is good, and then there's Alacrity, and like there are others, you know. So I, I would be down for like just having like a podcast about terminals. You know what my favorite command line thing is right now? It's kind of command line. Uh, like I'm working on uh, a CLI, and uh, I finally like I've never been good at writing tests. Uh, I I I go too fast, and I don't write enough tests. But for doing I have written, I have 87 tests with a hundred some assertions and I can, I'm like refactoring the whole thing right now. And I can, I can just make all my changes, uh, confirm that the command I was working on works and then just run a test and it goes through and confirms that I didn't break anything else. And it's this sense of security that I rarely have when I write apps. 
I, I got to test more. You should, you and Casey Liss should talk about this. <laughs> Casey Liss is like the ultimate, you know, evangelist of tests. <laughs> yeah, he is. But, yeah, that would, I would actually, I would, I would listen to the testing show. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the testing pot, that, te- uh, uh, like, a, um, yeah. I have to figure out U- UE testing because like for an app like Marked, I can test that it's like the processors are working, but the processors are primarily like multi-markdown and discount and they're going to work. Uh, it's interface stuff that I always tend to break and I don't know how to write a test that it, I, I won't go into it, but I, ha- I, I have a lot to learn about testing. I love yeah, these moments of too. silence we have. I know. I was just trying to think of like, I have any, I can't say anything about, about testing. So um, me either. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. We're, we're at an hour. I feel like, I feel like we've, we've done a good show. Oh, Hey, yeah, don't we before have, we go, we have another sponsor, don't we? Brian, why don't you tell us about text expander? Absolutely. I'd love to tell you about text expander. So do you ever type the same thing over and over and over again? Whether it's customer support answers, sales emails, or document edits, typing things repetitively or even repeatedly using copy and paste can be a time-consuming burden. That's where Text Expander comes in. With Text Expander, you and your team can save typing time by using short abbreviations to fill in much larger text, keep your messaging consistent, and be accurate every time. I use Text Expander all of the time. Um, we use ServiceNow at work. For some reason, the templating system doesn't work the way I want it to right now so every time i respond to somebody with a support issue it's text expander when i send emails for the fraternity about uh technology stuff it's text expander i use text expander all the time in my life the way we change we work is changing rapidly make work happen with less effort using text expander overtired listeners get 20 percent off their first year visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about text expand. Thank you. You're awesome. What a That's great awesome. guest. Doing doing ad reads for us. I know you're genuinely like the, you're fantastic. You you're, you're on the you. list to be invited back. You you are you are not you're not on the list with the Nancy Kerrigan folks. You are no, you are on the new you're list. You're not. Yeah, you're you're on the good list. You you're not on the list of of assholes Christina invited. <laughs> we went terribly we- wrong. Yeah, we didn't even get to Azure and MacBooks and Spotify, but like, so, so who's surprised? <laughs> I know, because we had so much other stuff to talk about. This is why we're going to have to have you back again. Totally so. down. Absolutely love that. And honestly, I'm learning to like getting up early. I don't know why, but it's true. So where can people watch for, uh, for your new podcast? So you can watch for our new podcast at either Instagram.com, Unsolicited FTB, or on Twitter. We're also at Unsolicited FTB. Oh, that's such a long word. I know. Unsolicited, what's the initial? F-T-B. F-T-B. Fatty. Okay. Yeah, Fatty's talk back. Gotcha. All right. Awesome. Thank you for being here, Brian. Christina, always a pleasure. Uh, you, yes. you guys get some sleep. Get All some right. sleep. Get some sleep. The system is going down low.